0: it's welcome in to the blitz podcast currently live on twitch oh we've doing it for like what like three weeks now and we've had three podcasts in a row without any technical difficulties
1: give it up give it up unfortunately we just got jinxed but you know
0: yeah yeah you know i might as well recognize it before the pod get it get the jinx over with you know but um Jaden, how you doing bro before we dive into your doing good big I'm, episode
1: yeah i'm uh very excited I've, this is probably the most excited i've been for an episode in a little bit like i'm i'm really excited to get into this
0: sweet sweet mitch i assume you're excited as well i'm a, i'm hyped for it i'm excited it's gonna
2: be a nice switch up a little different format than what we're used to and something that it's still pretty fresh i feel like there's a lot hell to yeah, talk about yeah. with these guys off the
0: backs of the senior bowl with a lot of prospects improving their draft stock, a lot of prospects hurting their draft stock a little bit. Um, But yeah, we heard a lot from the Senior Bowl, and it's about that time of year, man. We only got two teams left that are still playing. So everybody else is starting to think about the draft. We might as well start thinking about it too. So, with that, let's dive into it, huh? Jaden Kozak's Mock Draft 2.0 Breakdown. Let's dive into it. All right, so with the number one overall pick, and surprisingly enough, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars for the second consecutive year, but they're sitting in good position to add to their future and put everything behind them. Let's put it nicely. But yeah, number one overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaden, you've got Mr. Evan Neal. Offensive tackle from Alabama going number one, and I know a lot of people have either Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau going one and two, but you have Evan Neal popping at number one, so why prioritize offensive line over an edge rusher like Hutchinson and Thibodeau?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the answer is pretty simple. It's just you drafted Trevor Lawrence number one last year. You come in and you try and protect him this year, especially you get the number one pick to get the best player again. I know that like Hutchinson and Thibodeau has been the common one, two, but I think we're going to start seeing a lot more Evan Neal, maybe even Ikea Quanu going at number one because Doug Peterson's now in there. He talked to Trevor Lawrence. They're fully committed to making this, you know, making this work with Trevor Lawrence as their main guy. And I think Drafting Evan Neal is the best way to do it. I don't think Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau can't protect Trevor Lawrence.
0: Fair. Mitchell, you think offensive line is the best way to go here? I think it's probably their biggest need as a team
2: overall because Lawrence is just constantly under attack. He was their number one pick last year, like you said, back-to-back number one picks. And you have to protect your generational quarterback if you've... Invested pretty much your entire franchise into him at this point. None of the cap space yet, but you have to think long-term commitment. How do we keep him at a good level for a long time? And I love Aiden Hutchinson as much as the next guy, but like Jaden said, he's not going to be the one protecting Trevor Lawrence. The combo of him and Josh Allen would be dangerous off the defensive line, but
0: you have to put Trevor Lawrence number one if you're this franchise right now to make it work. 100%. So, Yeah. Got Evan Neal going number one. I wanted to ask you guys real quick, and especially Jaden, because it is, in fact, your mock draft. Um, I've heard a lot about Evan Neal and Iquano being really well aligned, like almost 1A and 1B. Uh, how far is that gap between those two?
1: I think it's I think it's pretty close. Uh, Iquano is definitely gaining ground as more people are seeing his film because he is an absolute mauler in the run game. But he's so far behind Evan Neal in pass protection. I think Evan Neal is just an overall better prospect. I think we might even be seeing a little bit of prospect fatigue here where Evan Neal has been OT1 for so long. People are getting tired of seeing him be the first tackle off the board. Let's switch it up. Let's go with Iquanu instead. Evan Neal is bigger. He weighs more. He's more agile. And he's better in pass protection. And that's going to be ultimately what they're doing a lot of with Trevor Lawrence.
0: Fair, fair. And also something that we didn't mention, you got... Cam Robinson headed out on a free agency deal probably this offseason. So you're really looking to solidify that tackle spot up for your number one overall pick last year. So, yeah. All right. We're rocking with Evan Neal at number one. Um, We've definitely seen some mocks. I've definitely seen some mocks with Neal going number one. So you're not alone there. But next up, we got the number two and number three picks. And – Honestly, I want to hear your thoughts, obviously, but I think they're interchangeable. You know, you got, I personally prefer one over the other, but you know, it's 1A and 1B. But at number two to the Detroit Lions, Mr. Jaden Kozak, you have Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher out of Michigan, who was a Heisman finalist this past year. Uh, You have him going to Detroit at number two, and then you have Kayvon Thibodeau going to Houston at number three, the edge rusher out of Oregon, Um, two dominant guys. Where do you see the differences between those two, Jaden?
1: I think Hutchinson just produced more. That was ultimately what separated him. Uh, A lot of mock drafts had Thibodeau going one for pretty much the entirety of the first half of the season. But Hutchinson just kept continuing to produce. Thibodeau had small injury problems. He's currently got an ankle issue, which is scaring a lot of teams away just because you need, you know, strong ankles and or rather a lack of ankle injuries to be able to have that bend coming around the edge. And he just wasn't as productive as Hutchinson was, plus Hutchinson Is from he, you know, is coming from Michigan. He'd go to Detroit, stay in the state there, and they don't have to go very far to watch him play. So I think, I think they're just going to opt for Hutchinson, but you're not losing with either one of these guys.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Personally, I prefer Hutchinson, but it's like you said. I mean, he was a fucking Heisman finalist, you know, he put up the results. Thibodeau, he had that injury basically all year, you know. So Mitchell, where do you see the difference between those two guys? And do you think one is a better fit for a team than the other? Like, do you think Hutchinson is a better fit in Detroit than in Houston? What do you think? I, I
2: definitely think Hutchinson is probably the better player and safest pick between the two of them because he is just an absolute technician in the pass rush. His use of his hands reminds you of either of the Bosa brothers when you watch him play. He just finds ways to get to the quarterback. Now, granted, that might have been having David Ajabo on the other side, less double teams because they're more in fear, and Kayvon didn't really have that presence opposite of him. But Kayvon doesn't exactly have great moves yet. He is more of just bull rush, uses athleticism to get around you or through you. But overall, I think Hutchinson is definitely probably the better pick. You can build a defensive line around him with how good he is. Kayvon, there's still the questions of whether or not He's going to build that arsenal of pass rush moves. He's a freak athlete. He just needs a little bit more practice. I still love him as a edge rusher coming out of the first round early pick because
0: he's just that athletic and that good. It's good stuff on uh, Aiden to Detroit and Kayvon to Houston, respectively. So, yeah, good stuff. But there wasn't really much debate that those guys were going to be the top three picks. You know, any mock draft that you look at right now, that's the consensus. But. Once you get to number four, it really starts to, you really start to mix it up and you start to see guys falling and guys rising. So let's dive into it. So, Mr. Jaden Kozak, at number four in your 2.0 mock draft, the New York Jets end up taking Mr. Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, uh, one of the most polarizing players in college football this past year. Um, Jaden? Do you think Kyle Hamilton, I've read a lot about him recently. Do you think he's potentially the best overall prospect in this draft?
1: I think so, yeah. I think I have him as one of two blue chip prospects. Uh, I think he's easily the best safety and best overall player. It's just a matter of positional value. How high do you value a safety? Uh, and as for the Jets here, there were a lot of things in play. Tackle was in play here. Corner was in play in our previous mock draft. I had Derek Stingley going here because they, they have a couple needs, obviously, that they need to fill out considering they're picking at four. But I think Kyle Hamilton's just easily the best player on the board here. And you can build your defense around him. He's like 6'4", 220. Very good pro comp is Derwin James, who is, you know, the ultimate chess piece. You can move him anywhere on your defense. And I think, I, like I said, I think Kyle Hamilton is the best player in this class. It's just a matter of positional value.
0: Gotcha. Mitchell, you with that line of thinking, or are you thinking a little something different?
2: I I still agree with Hamilton here, but if the Jets are really prioritizing fixing the O-line or getting corners, you have to think Equanu and Stingley are both on the table, because everything I've seen from Stingley, he might be a generational talent if he can stay on the field and stay healthy, and Ikuanu just has that upside that you just can't teach him to be that explosive on the offensive line. He just has a motor like no other. and But still, Kyle Hamilton, he changes the defense. You can put him literally anywhere, like Jaden said. He is the chess piece, linebacker, safety. Bulk up a little bit, he could probably play a better version of Jamal Adams because he actually knows how to cover. He's pretty much a can't-miss prospect at this point in my mind, and I don't see him escaping the top five, regardless of whether or not gotcha, the Jets gotcha. pick him or
0: not. And- You just mentioned there is a possibility that the Jets don't go safety here. And a lot of people are thinking that they should protect their quarterback that they drafted last year and possibly go another offensive tackle after they just drafted Makai Becton last year. So, Jaden, do you think that would be smart? Do you see the Jets repeating on offensive tackle possibly here?
1: I think it's definitely in play because you are trying to protect Zach Wilson. That is your most valuable asset who really started to make strides towards the end of the season, but you got Makai Becton coming back. You have Elijah Barrett Tucker who they took last year and, you know, obviously we'll get to their another, their next first round pick at 10 in a little bit. But I just think that when you have a player like Kyle Hamilton on the board that you can get, you do what you can to get him.
0: That's fair. That's fair. But It'll be like Becton didn't really like. I know he was injured most of the year, but goddamn, you draft a tackle with your first round pick in the top ten, and then he just kind of doesn't doesn't pan out so far. But you know, there's a lot of ground to be making up, plenty of career left for Makai Becton. So we'll see how it works. But you did mention Elijah Vera Tucker. They've done some good things on the offensive line uh, in last year's draft, especially. So all right. Let's move on to the fifth overall pick. And you have Mr. We were talking about him earlier. Uh, Ikem Okwanu Ikem? Is that the best way? Yeah.
1: I, I just say Icky because it's a lot easier. Yeah. But.
0: There we go. <laughs> All right. Ike Okwano, Uh The offensive tackle out of NC State. Uh, you have him going to the Giants at five. Uh, what are your thoughts behind that pick? Uh,
1: it's pretty simple they need to improve their play in the trenches it was very apparent last year andrew thomas who in his rookie season looked awful started to make strides last year ikea aquanu has experience playing on the right side so he can play opposite of andrew thomas and you get a run block run blocking tackle like that in there to help saquon continue his development and you got your two franchise tackles in andrew thomas and nikki Aquanu.
0: good stuff uh mitchell you fucking with the Iquanu pick here I'm definitely thinking if they don't take him here, they have to take one of the
2: remaining offensive tackles at their next pick in two picks. But he's definitely going to be a necessity for them because their offensive line play has been horrible for years. And with a guy like Iquanu, they might just revive Saquon Barkley's career because he is just an absolute mauler in the run game. Like Jaden said already, he just looks for pancakes. He feasts every game on it. And he could be an instant impact guy on that team, especially with uh, a little bit of play at right tackle as opposed to someone like Charles Cross, who only played left tackle in college. He could be a nice add because Andrew Thomas is not leading the left tackle spot gotcha. for them.
0: Gotcha. Uh, one thing I did want to ask you guys, um, is there any shot that the Giants don't draft an offensive lineman here? Because, I mean, there's some good guys left on the board. I mean, you got... Derek Stingley do you think they're a lock for offensive line here
1: I mean I don't think they go Stingley they've got a solid amount of corners and I mean you look at the other players we've got up here Charles Cross another tackle some quarterbacks more corners and then you're getting into the wide receivers which they're very deep at edge we are addressing already so I just I don't think there's too many players that you'd rather have than Egan McQuanu, regardless of position and he's at a huge position of need for the Giants gotcha Gotcha.
0: All right. Well, that's the first five picks in the books. But let's dive into number six. And at number six, we got the Carolina Panthers taking their guy, Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, uh, clearly the best offensive tackle outside of Aquanu and Neal. Um, Carolina actually hasn't gone an offensive lineman in the first round since 2008 so that's definitely wild but what are your thoughts on the pick man
1: uh i think this obviously fills another huge position to need quarterback is obviously in play here but you know you don't know what they're going to do if they maybe go after watson or somebody like that or they just stick with sam donald after they did trade a second for him last year but you want to put him in a position to succeed if that's what you're going to do they haven't been able to do that. They picked up a lot of band-aids on the, along the offensive line last off-season. You got Taylor Moton on the other side, but you need a, you know, a dominant player on off at the offensive line. And after Kwanu and Evan Neal go, you're you're kind of just looking around, looking for a guy. This might be a little too high for Charles Cross.
0: There is a chance that Charles Cross does not fall to six. You know, you could see. I mean, I know the Giants took a quantum, but you know, like you could see some variation. So if Cross doesn't fall to six, is it time
1: to go quarterback here? It's definitely in play. I mean, we're we're still two to three months away and I'm I'm aware of that. Um we have the whole offseason in the middle there, but I just I think you should trade back, honestly. I think you should try and trade back. If Charles Cross is gone, maybe you look to beef up the interior offensive line. Your defense is fine. Your weapons are fine. It's just quarterback and offensive line. And unless one of these quarterbacks shoot up the board to the point where you feel like they're, you know, you need to get them, I think you should trade down and try and acquire assets.
0: Yeah, I saw a lot about possibly trading down for Carolina. Mitchell, you see Carolina maybe trading down here? I could see that, especially if one of those
2: better offensive tackles is not available at this point because they only need offensive line pretty much. And Carolina is one of those teams that, just like Denver, they're in every trade conversation for a quarterback. I don't think they're a team that's going to go and draft one right now because they haven't exactly had a great hit rate since Cam Newton trying to do this, or in general, outside of Cam Newton. You try to get a proven commodity because this team – It's so close to being complete. The defense is there. They just need offensive line. They have weapons everywhere. for sure,
0: for sure. So definitely a possibility for Carolina to trade down here if they don't get their guy, Charles Cross. So, all right, let's move on to the number seven pick. And we got the Giants going again. And Mr. Kozak, you have Mr. George Carlaftis, the edge rusher out of Purdue, going number seven to the New York Giants. And it's interesting because a couple mocks, uh, especially Jordan Reed, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, they, ha- they all have Karlaftis dropping to the end of the first round. And you have him going over guys like David Njabo and Jermaine Johnson, who had a great week at the Senior Bowl. So why the reach on Karlaftis?
1: I think they're going to fall in love with his floor. He is going to walk in and be an impact player. Day one, he's, you know, maybe he's capped out as an athlete, but he's got great hands, and those guys are much more finesse pass rushers, and you've got Aziza on the outside. On the other side, I think you pair him with Karloftis. Karloftis is never going to be a number one, and Ajabo and Jermaine Johnson, they, they might be number ones, but they could also fall out of your depth chart completely. I think Karloftis is going to be uh, above-average player for a long time just because he's got a very solid okay. baseline of skills. Mitchell,
0: would you take a guy like Carl with the low floor over guys like David Njabo and Jermaine Johnson? Uh, it's kind of
2: weird. I do like Carl Like Jaden said, he has good hands. It's hands in a different way than Hutchinson, though, because he just has great push-off power and disengaging abilities compared to the other prospects in this draft. And Ojabo, he was great last year, but he doesn't exactly have the track record yet. He is a pure speed rusher, and I think he works better in a different system where you already have a proven commodity at the other side. And we saw he flourished with Hutchinson on the other side. It just opened up so many opportunities for him because, like Kayvon Thibodeau, he is more athlete than he is pass rusher. He does not have quite the moves that these other guys have. Karloftis... Is definitely cap, but I think the Giants should take him here just as a safer floor guy, and he is one of those hard-nosed players that is going to give you the
0: effort. Okay. All right, good stuff. We got George Karlaftis going number seven to the New York Giants. But coming in at the number eight overall pick, we got the Atlanta Falcons, and we have a guy that has been a highly touted prospect and also has an argument to be the best prospect in this draft class overall. <coughs> but um that is Mr Derek Stingley, the cornerback out of LSU, um one of the top cornerbacks to come out of draft classes in recent history. Um but it's interesting with Atlanta because if they do go Derek Stingley or Stingley, you already got AJ Terrell there. Uh former first round pick as well. So do they really spend their top 10 pick capital on another corner? Jaden, you want to justify it?
1: Yeah, I think you. if you can pair A.J. Terrell, who was arguably the best corner in the NFL, not named Jalen Ramsey this season, had a phenomenal season. If you compare him with Derek Stingley, you're creating a pair of lockdown corners that is going to be rivaled by very few. Like, that is – that is a premium pair of young corners. They have a lot of new needs. I think Jabba was certainly in play here because they had next to no pass rush last year. Quarterback could also be in play here. You know, you Matt Ryan's not going to be around forever, but you, do you think this is the year? Or do you wait till next year? I think Stingley is very clearly the best prospect still on the board, and if you can get him and pair him with Terrell, build a good defense.
0: Hell yeah. Mitchell? You like the pick with Stingley here?
1: I
2: do. I think Stingley's going to be generational talent, like I said, if he stays on the field. Pretty much with the Falcons, they need anything, just anything that's not tight end or O-line. So I could definitely see the justification behind Ojabo because, like Jaden said, they were horrendous in the past. You get A.J. Terrell on the slot locking down the speedy guys, and Stingley, he has the opportunity to be one of these island guys that you just – him out with someone else like Jalen Ram- Ramsey, just shadow somebody the whole game, and you have at least something locked down on the defense. This team has been horrible against the past Terrell pretty much the past few years, and you can nail it on this pick. and Granted, this is another team that could easily be trading back because at this point it's just best available for them, and there's top tier guys. Except for Stingley and Linderbaum,
0: are gone. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I I gotta agree with you guys. You know, you go with the top player on the board here. Uh, I don't think it makes sense to go quarterback, especially if you're you don't have to draft a quarterback right now. Like you said, Matt Ryan's still there and he's playing at a relatively decent level. You know, better than the bottom half, or I mean, towards the middle of the pack of quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you still got Matt Ryan playing at an NFL quarterback level. So, might as well ride it out. And also, why would you take a quarterback in this class versus next year? You know? So, yeah, good pick with Stingley here. All right, let's move on to the number nine overall pick. And we got the Denver Broncos making their pick here. And the first quarterback... Makes his way off the board. And it is Mr. Matt Corral, the quarterback out of Ole Miss. But I thought this was, I don't know. I thought this was interesting. Because with Corral not participating in the Senior Bowl, he has been drastically dropping down draft boards. And we haven't seen him since the injury, the high ankle sprain in the Sugar Bowl. So... It's really hurting Corral right now. And he's definitely got some criticisms, but what's your justification, Jaden? Give it to me.
1: Well, obviously, the pick of quarterback here is definitely also a point of conversation because, you know, maybe they get Aaron Rodgers mock draft. They don't have Aaron Rodgers right now. And that's really their only need is the quarterback position. And. You know, a lot of people are going to make the argument for Malik Willis or maybe even Kenny Pickett, but the Senior Bowl was not very kind to every quarterback, really except Malik Willis. Matt Corral wasn't at the Senior Bowl, so he didn't get that, you know, stock dropping stuff that everyone else got at the Senior Bowl. Like uh, Ritter fell a little bit, uh, Carson Strong fell a little bit, Pickett, we're going to talk about in a little bit.
0: Not Trubisky. (laughs) Yeah. Like. (laughs)
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No show the right. Quarterback. Um, you know how it is. Yeah. Same college. Um, and they didn't have that, and they're going to go back, and they're going to look at his tape, and I think Denver's going to get excited about it. Now, obviously this changes a lot if Aaron Rodgers is brought into the building, and this pick goes to somebody else. But right now, I still think that they'll take Matt Corral.
0: You still think – like, do you think it's, like, a good positional fit? Like, a good organizational fit for Matt Corral, Or do you just think he's the best quarterback of this class?
1: I think it's a good have picket. And then there's there's his concerns. We'll talk about them in a couple picks. Uh, but you already have a quarterback that has some serious problems with going through progressions, leaving the pocket early, making good reads, Andrew Locke. You would just be drafting a mobile version of that if you take Malik Willis here at nine. And like I said, they can, they can switch to an offense here. I don't know what kind of thing Nathaniel Hackett's going to bring in, but you can switch to something where you can use Matt Corral's legs with Javante Williams and let him be able to thrive the same way he did at Ole fair, Miss.
0: Fair, fair. I think you're discounting the, the Senior Bowl a little bit. Um, Last year, Mac Jones. <laughs> away from the draft. Mac Jones, he was not on the radar before the Senior Bowl, and he was easily the best quarterback of the class this year. So that'll tell you to take some merit out of the Senior Bowl. That's all I'll say. Mitchell, you you like Mac Corral as the best quarterback in his class?
2: Eh, he seemed like the safest of all the quarterbacks. Willis safest? definitely has the upside that none of the other guys have. He doesn't he doesn't have the big negatives like the other guys. He seems a lot safer. He doesn't have the tiny hands. He doesn't have the out of pocket lack of awareness or pocket awareness that Willis has shown so far, but Willis was also on a horrible team. <laughs> he was dragging that entire Liberty roster. If I'm the Broncos and I really want to make a splash, I probably take Willis here honestly just because he provides things the other guys yeah, don't. I think
0: I'm not using safe for Matt Corral. Like, Matt Corral could go out, run for 60 yards in the first game, and tear his ACL. Like, that is Matt Corral.
1: Malik Willis. All of them could do that. <laughs>
0: Malik Willis could do that, too. Drew, but, I mean, you see the build? Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes could do that. You see the build of Malik Willis? Don't smaller dudes get more injured easily than bigger dudes? I mean, yet?
2: looking at Kyler Murray, yeah.
0: Malik Willis
1: weighs more, but Corral's taller. Yeah, that actually Corral makes my case
0: more. You can see over the other just, line better. I'm just saying.
1: All right. Well, yeah.
0: good debate. <laughs> I'm, I was just reading it off. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. All right. All right, he always well.
2: seemed safer because Willis had the weird—he didn't have the best, best decision-making in college. He has the athletic intangibles that the other guys aren't even close to. But And he's played
1: in the SEC. So he's played at that top yeah, level. That's true, and
2: that's that's pr- about my about the same reason why I'm not as high on Akwunu as a lot of people because he was in the ACC being a Mauler against lesser talent than someone like Evan Neal.
0: Right. All right. Well, good debate over the Matt Corral pick at nine, but let's move on to number ten, shall we? And at the number ten overall pick, we got the New York Jets making their pick, and. You got Tyler Lindebaum, the side, uh, the center, out of Iowa, uh, going to the Jets at ten. So, give me a reasoning behind that pick, big
1: dog. Uh, I love this pick. I think after you go to safety, like that's your luxury pick. Like you can you can go best available there. Now you got to address the offensive line. And this was my second of two blue chip prospects both of them going to the Jets. So if you're a Jets fan and this, you know, the board shakes out like this, you've got to be extremely happy. You get a left side of the line that's going to include Becton, Vera Tucker and Linderbaum. I I just I think this is a slam dunk pick if it can happen. You get I mean, you could certainly make an argument that these are the two best players in the class. Granted they're not at the premium positions of quarterback, edge, corner, whatever, but they're they're the difference between them and the other players in this class is so far apart. I think the next center that most people are mocking is, like, at the bottom half of the second round, maybe top of the third. And, I mean, this guy is a generational center prospect and a generational safety prospect. I think Jets fans would be very happy. If generational the like center
0: prospect. Nice. Mitchell, you thinking this guy is a generational center prospect?
1: Definitely.
2: He's definitely probably on par with what Creed Humphrey was, maybe even better just because he's had the flashes of athleticism. I mean, everybody's seen that video now where he's running side-by-side side with the running back like 40 yards downfield, running like a four mm-hmm. eight or something like that. Ridiculous. But I don't know if they necessarily go center here because they still need cornerback and they still need edge. And you have Sauce Gardner and you have David Ojabo still available. And Sauce Gardner, he definitely has a chance to be – just he doesn't necessarily run zone, but you can have, have him on one guy and know that guy is going to be locked down pretty well. A much. lot of people have. He did that not allow one, B. one single touchdown. He did not yeah. have him on him in college his entire time starting. It's ridiculous! He is a complete monster. He's
1: also got got some like crazy stat. I think he's allowing like yeah. one yard per target. Nuts. Some crazy. He's shit. just
2: a monster. He, he does rely a little bit on his length. A little more than his speed because he's not exactly the fastest guy, but he shows up in the run game
0: too. He will give you his all in every game. No, I've seen a lot of great things said about Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Uh, he also had the benefit of ease of schedule, played for Cincinnati. So we were talking about that yeah. earlier. You got Derek Stingley playing for LSU versus Ahmad Sauce Gardner playing for Cincinnati. But a lot of people have put them like, he shut down Jameson, didn't he? I mean, Jameson Wait, no. Jameson got injured in the national championship game. I'm tripping. Yeah. Yeah, he played the whole game against them. Um, he... Um,
2: no touchdowns. Yeah. It's about all you can ask for someone of that caliber
0: with that good of a quarterback. Speaking of guys who locked up Jameson Williams and uh, John Mechie earlier in the year, uh, Roger McCreary, which... I'm kind of like I'm. I was big McCreary fan because you know watch a lot of SEC football, but he's not near in the category that Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley are. So, all right. I mean Elam, Elam didn't
2: lock them down too. He only gave up what one catch the entire day when the
0: Gators were playing Mm -hmm. against Bama. Wasn't that early on? That was like yeah, it was was when Florida was still second week or something like that. But. Yeah. Still ranked. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to number eleven, and we got my Washington commies. I see
1: that smile on the Washington face. Washington commies, <laughs> man.
0: By the way, I I'm really I really like the name. Like I I like the commies. Like I think that's hilarious. So I'm gonna ride that better go out and buy your yeah. comrade <laughs> but like there's like pictures of dan snyder like photoshopped on propaganda pictures like it's hilarious but i love it i love that everybody's like making fun for it but anyway all right at the number 11 overall pick uh Jaden has mr kenny pickett quarterback at a pit going to the washington commanders um he had a great senior bowl by itself. He was perfect. 6 for 6, 89 yards and a touchdown, but there was com- there were some concerns over the week because there was some weather going on and he had both of his gloves on and there's been concerns about his hand size being too small and he really did struggle in the weather. So there's debate here, but what's your reasoning for Kenny Pickett at 11?
1: Uh, I think obviously the commanders gotta. I gotta get used. I'm gonna just keep saying the commanders do this. The commanders do that to get used to saying it. But they need quarterback. That's that's very apparent and might be making a mistake doing this. I'm I'm kind of. I did this mock and kind of like a what would I do, but also what does the team do? And I think Washington's gonna see a lot of what he did in the season, which was uh, you know that was great stuff. He he played. I mean he won the Heisman or. He was a Heisman finalist, um, had a great season in the senior year, but the hands worry me, man. Like they, they're real, a real concern. He has, I believe it's eight and a half inches. He didn't get the measured at the senior bowl. Cause apparently he's got like a double jointed thumb or something, which would affect the measurement. So he did eight inch hands and he gets drafted in the third round. But the word is that they're eight and a half inches, which would be in the zeroth percentile for the NFL, meaning that no one has eight and a half inches. Joe Burrow has the smallest hand size in the NFL with nine. Uh, So, like, you're kind of worried here. He went from wearing two gloves with the college ball. The NFL ball is a little bit bigger. I don't know the exact measurements, but it's a little bit bigger. And you saw what happened at the second day of the senior bowl. It's raining. He's playing with that NFL ball. He's got the gloves on. And from what I hear, he was almost, like, pushing the ball because he, he couldn't get his hands around it to, like, actually go through his real throwing motion. He's just trying to get it there any way he can, and that's a problem. You know, like, I know that there were some people saying, like, what if he goes to Heinz Field as if he didn't play for Pittsburgh <laughs> in Heinz Field in college? But I think, this, I think this makes a lot of sense for Washington because you have a guy that can get the ball to your playmakers, Perry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson – does Curtis yeah. Samuel fall on that list anymore? Yeah, I like, guess he's is uh, he still, okay. Just making sure. Contracts, um, so he better be, I, I was actually just looking at that. 11, he better be yeah. 11, $11.5 million a year. Uh, yikes. But yeah, you get a guy who's going to be able to get what you need to get done. He's going to be come in and be an upgraded, pretty, pretty upgraded version of Taylor Heineke. Uh, And just get the ball to the playmakers, make plays. You can also make plays with his legs. Kind of a little underrated thing about Kenny Pickett. But, yeah, that's what I got here for the Washington Commanders at
0: 11. Uh, Mitchell, are you concerned about the hand size? Do you have real concerns here? That's
2: pretty tiny hands for a very large football. I mean, just throwing a football in the backyard, you can tell the difference. And you instantly lose, like, 10 yards it feels mm-hmm. like every time you're throwing between the different balls, just as a normal human being, let alone a pro who are the ball. I feel like in this situation, though, you guys definitely need to go quarterback at this point. See if Willis falls off early or not. I definitely think if I were your guys' shoes with
0: these two quarterbacks, I'd probably lean towards Willis because. He's just got the flash. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Jaden, and you addressed it a little bit earlier. Why so much hate on Malik Willis?
1: I mean, One of the- <laughs> well, okay, so that's there. That's a thing, and I will 100% admit that, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to him. If you can't tell already, Malik Willis is going in 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, but we'll talk about it. that in a minute.
0: Um, But personally, real quick, uh, I like the pick. I like it a lot, honestly. I'm not too concerned about the the hand size because you look at a guy like Joe Burrow and he seems to be doing pretty well for himself. But, I mean, it's definitely a concern. But when we're talking safe guys, I think Kenny Pickett's the safest option because we don't need another Mac. We don't, well, I was going to say another Mac Corral. We don't need another RG3 who looks like Mac Corral. Like, we don't need that. And Malik Willis will. I mean we were talking about he's the other day.
1: Sprained his ankle in the cotton ball and you're talking about him like he's walking yeah, like to... made of glass.
0: <laughs> hey man, it's the NFL. Saint this ain't little league anymore. But hey it's a sprained thing. ankle. I'm more concerned about my team's quarterback than any person could possibly ever be. I don't want any I want 0.0 chance that something goes wrong. So safe pick. Kenny Pickett. You can't test. I know that's that. not going to actually happen, but I want to take <laughs> minimal risk here, and that's not Malik Willis, and that's not Matt Corral.
1: See, and that's that's another reason why I think I think Pickett does end up going here. Is I think Washington is kind of with you in that thought process where they want to take minimal risk here and get as close to right with this pick as they can because you can't take Malik Willis and waste another two years another three years hoping that he pans out after wasting the last uh a long time 35 years a long time (laughs) all right
0: that's great thanks we're the commanders now so anything that happened before doesn't matter all right let's move on and at the number 12 pick we got Tyler North's very own Minnesota Vikings making their pick. And, Jaden, you got Ahmad Sauce Gardner going off the board here. Uh, we were talking about him earlier. Obviously, an elite cornerback prospect. And Minnesota is in dire need of some secondary help. Um, I want to ask you, though. like I, I don't think there's any debate about this pick. I love it. But... Is there a chance that Gardner goes in place of Stingley before him?
1: Uh, It's definitely on the table, and I think the Falcons might, you know, they very well could just fall in love with Ahmad Gardner, but I think Stingley's a guy that's going to go to the combine, and he's going to impress, and he's going to show why, you know, he was arguably the best defensive back in the country as a true freshman at LSU, and he's just you know, he's been injured and then he didn't play very well. But honestly, I think he was just kind of coasting. Like, he was just like, you know what? I'm going to be a, I've, I've just, I've read mock drafts where I'm going to be a top three pick. Like, why do I need to keep, you know, going so hard and playing through injuries and stuff when I've seen that I, I'm going to be fine? So I think he'll go to the combine and impress. And probably, Mod Gardner is quite the qu- consolation prize. Like we've talked about the statistics speak for themselves, no touchdowns, a yard per target, something crazy like that. And the Vikings are in dire need of secondary help. Cameron Dansler, I believe, is the only corner that they have on roster or under contract for next year that played a significant amount of snaps for them. Yeah. So they, they've got a lot of work to do in the secondary. The
0: step is getting your cornerback, and that is Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Um, Mitchell, I-, I mean, you could argue Ojabo. I just
2: think Sauce is – much better prospect he has a chance to be a true impact player day
0: one all right let's move on to number 13 overall and we've got the cleveland browns making their pick and i've seen some i've seen actually a decent amount of mocks with Traylon burks going number 13 to the browns so you're in consensus with a lot of other people uh wide receiver out of arkansas um this would be the first wide receiver off the board, though. And you got guys like Garrett Wilson and Drake London still chilling. So why Traylon Burks over those guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, I, I've talked to Mitchell about it. For the this pick, it's not which player are the Browns going to take, it's which receiver are they going to take. And I think Traylon Burks just provides a lot more than those guys because he's so versatile. Uh, He was used in the backfield, those places for Arkansas. He's 6'3". He's huge, straight run after catch. In a very different way than, like, Debo Samuel, even though he's kind of getting those comparisons because he's played in the backfield for them. He's huge. He runs hard after he catches. He's got really strong hands, able to catch the ball. Corners a lot. Uh, I, I I think he's the best receiver on the board here, and that's why I have the Browns taking him.
0: Fair. Mitchell you rock him with the thought process that uh, Burks is over guys like Wilson in London.
2: The only reason why I'm over it is because he is that Swiss army knife kind of guy. Like Jade mentioned, he's kind of like Debo. He can line up in the backfield. He does it very differently than Debo. He has like running back levels of breaking tackles. He's just base. And if you add him to your team, he's not just a receiver. He opens up everything for you. You can put him at just about anywhere. I mean, guys like Drake London are great and all, but they don't provide anything in the run game or even those motion options like they could do with Traylon Burks.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And also, another thing, like you were talking about the size and the hands, and if you do want to roll with Baker another year, you're not going for a guy. Like, you already got that deep threat in DPJ, and it's not like he uses him at all anyway, you know? He's looking for those short catches. So, yeah, okay, I rock with the uh, – Garrett Wilson, guys like Garrett Wilson, um, Drake London less, but a guy like Garrett Wilson is a deep ball threat, you know, So and that's not really what you're looking for if you're the Browns. So, yeah, I like it. All right, let's move on to the number 14 overall pick, and we've got a lot of Baltimore Ravens fans listening or hopefully listening – but um yeah, we got the Ravens making their pick at fourteen. And you've got them taking David Ojabo, the edge rusher out of Michigan. We've talked about him a little bit so far. Uh some of the criticisms that I've seen, he's a little raw. Um, that's what I've seen. But what do you think, Jaden?
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with that. This is uh this is Cadence guy, a good friend of mine that's a Ravens fan. He loves this pick. He watches mock drafts religiously to solely see if David Ojabo is not at 14. He stops watching. Um, he he loves him. I love him as a prospect. Uh, there are some concerns because he doesn't play the run very well, but he is a super athlete. I think he's probably the best athlete in this class, regardless of position. And that's over guys like, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau. unrefined, he needs to, you know, work on his pass rush plan, work on the use of his hands, work on, uh, game. He's got a fantastic spin move, though. Like it's like, and he's right around them every time. It's this weird tendency to like jump snap is you know when they snap the ball, he just like jumps to see if they're running, and that puts him so behind behind every play. Granted, he's so fast that he can catch up a lot of times, but I mean that's just something that can be cut out. And if I trust anybody to fix that, it's the Baltimore Ravens. Another weird thing, though. He was actually Odafe Owe's uh, backup in high school. So he watched a lot of Odafe Owe coming up. And, you know, you can definitely do Ojabo's much more speed than Odafe is and not as good of a run defender. But just really weird how they'll probably be on opposite ends if this happens.
0: Gotcha. Uh, Mitchell, um, I mentioned that Ojabo might be a little raw. Do you agree with that? And what are your, just, your overall thoughts about Ojabo headed to Baltimore
2: Oh, yeah, he's definitely a pure athlete. When you Him and Thibodeau, same issue. They aren't quite as refined in technique or anything, but their athletic abilities seem to just make up for it. I love this pick for the Ravens, mostly because Mike McDonald, new defensive coordinator in Baltimore, was his college defensive coordinator, and he can keep up with his progress. And I think that's the biggest thing that's not being talked about with this one, is he's already familiar with the system he's going
0: to be running. Fair, fair. All right. Let's move on to number 15. We're sitting at almost the middle of the draft here. And we got the Philadelphia Eagles making their first pick. And you've got them taking another wide receiver two consecutive years that they go with a first-round wide receiver, and that is Drake London, the tantalizing wide receiver out of USC. Uh, kind of stuck in USC, honestly. You know, If he were to be anywhere else, he would have had that much better of a season but he had put up some crazy numbers while he was at Southern Cal um but do you really think the Eagles are going to go back-to-back wide receivers after they have so many holes on the defense and I know they've got three first round picks and I know you've got them taking two defensive players with the other two picks that they have but why not three man I mean. You could go Jermaine Johnson here. You could go Nakobe Dean. Uh, those are just guys that you didn't pick with your later picks for the Eagles. Uh, just share with me what you're thinking, man.
1: Well, I definitely think that the reason why they're going wide receiver is because they've sucked so bad at it in the past, and you got to get another guy in here. This is actually the third year in a row because they took Rieger the year before last in front of Justin Jefferson, <laughs> Um, but they still need receivers. Like that's the problem is I know that they've taken one in the first round three years in a row and they still need them. They still need them. And yeah, they could go three defenders here. I've got them taking two more defenders, but I feel like going edge back to back kind of, you know, like I don't see the point in that. And the Eagles historically do not prioritize linebacker. I don't remember the last time they drafted a linebacker high.
0: It would be a good time. And
1: Harry Roseman just doesn't do that. (laughs) <laughs> it would be a good time to start, I agree But it, it's been a good time to start for a long time now And they ha- they just haven't Wanted to address it I mean, do you want to grab N'Kobe Dean Or do you want to have Drake London and Devontae Smith
0: Yeah, but there's also I mean, Drake London's a great prospect But there's also a chance that they fuck up Another first round wide receiver For the fourth time in five years
1: And they'll be drafting another one next year And they'll be drafting another one next it's year <laughs> I don't know if that's
0: how you want to operate organizationally.
1: It it may sound like good progress process, but it's it's what, what they're gonna probably end up doing here. I, I just don't see any way that they don't take another wide receiver. Can you run out there with Jalen Rieger as your number two you could again? Add a guy in free agency. Like, I would rather really?
0: with the You could you could definitely add somebody in free agency, but the cap space isn't worth it for no, It's not like you need a high level guy, but anything's better than Arcega Whiteside, Jalen Rager, mm. um or white Whiteside's He's still on the team. He's very low
1: on the depth. <laughs> he might even be on the practice squad at this point. But I just think obviously I'm making this mock as if free agency hasn't happened yet. Let's say they went through free agency and all the players are still on free agency. That's how I'm doing this mock, and they've got to get a receiver in there that's not Jalen Raker, and I think Drake right. London's the best guy. Right.
2: What I what I like about London there is that he is. Pretty much an opposite of Devontae Smith, yeah. who's a technician route runner. This is your jump ball guy. He's gonna get up and get it. Which is kind of a safety net he needs. He has the tight end in Goddard, but it doesn't hurt to have multiple guys you can fall back on and just toss right. it up and they're gonna Devontae go and get
1: Smith, it. It's
0: not one of those guys. Yeah.
1: This is a guy that Mm-mm, not Yeah, that. This is a guy that led the nation in contested catches and he played eight games. The like Bama or not, yeah, Bama and Georgia, they played 15 games. Those, I mean, they've got Mechie, Jamison Williams, all those guys that played all the way through the national championship. They played 15 games. He played eight, and he led the nation in contested catches. I mean.
2: But, well, that might just be because of bad quarterbacks, a <laughs> Well, <laughs> everything's yeah, but contested. He still, he, still he still
1: came down yeah. with them. He still came down with them. And Jalen Hurts is a guy who's going to put you in position for a lot of <laughs> contested catches. So, he definitely you know, reminds Devontae me. Smith's of... gonna be able to separate, but
2: he, he reminds me of Mike Williams with better lateral mobility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then we got at a some chat. Point you gotta Blake hit says, "At on some <laughs> point, you gotta hit on one, right?
1: Like, and that, that's well, that's probably what hit on that." <laughs> and reali- realistically, this is house money. This is house money. You last year, you trade down to get the guy that you would have taken at six anyway, and Devontae Smith. This isn't even your pick. I mean, they traded away the rights to Jalen Waddle, essentially, for Devontae Smith and Drake London. Like, yeah, house money. That's true.
0: Make a splash All pick. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can afford the luxury. You got three first-round picks. Might as well. All right. Let's move on. Speaking of three first-round picks, let's move on to the second pick of the first round that the Philly Eagles <laughs> do have. And you've got... The edge rusher out of Georgia, Mr. Trayvon Walker, going off the board here. Um, Jermaine Johnson still hasn't made his way off the board. That's you hating on the Senior Bowl again. <laughs> Justify it, man.
1: Yeah, Uh I, I probably, like, if I'm doing this mock draft again, I'm probably moving Jermaine Johnson up a little bit. Uh But Trayvon Walker's great. I think that they can do a lot of things with him and the Eagles are gonna find a lot of creative ways to use him. You can use him as a five tech, a four eye, you know, he played in coverage in college. I mean, he he's really good. I think that there's there's definitely a conversation between him and Jermaine Johnson here. But I think the Eagles are just gonna be able to opt for the versatility that Trayvon Walker provides that Jermaine Johnson really doesn't.
0: Okay. Mitchell, you vibing with that sort of thought.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm with the same thought process as Jaden here. We were discussing this pick and when he was doing the mock draft, and I just liked Walker a lot more because of his versatility. Plus, you have to wonder if it was just because he was on that vicious front and it shined a little better, but he's playing in the SEC. There's pretty much no easy games except for maybe two or three, and he still managed to prove himself constantly.
0: True, true. All right, well. Good stuff. Trayvon Walker to the Eagles at 16 to make their second pick out of three in the first round. All right. Let's move on to the 17th overall pick. And we've got Mitchell's very own Chargers making the pick. How about you? How about you ringing it in for us? Who you got? Well, Jaden has us taking Jordan Davis, who is
2: by far and away the safest defensive tackle pick I've seen in years. The guy is an absolute monster. He is not the most athletic guy, but when you're as big as he is, you can dominate pretty much anyone that lines up opposite of you. There's a few people that we could be looking at for this, like even Marvin Leal, who is a much more athletic player at the position, but not quite as dominant in the run game as Jordan Davis is or even tackle, receiver. not. Qu- I don't think we're quite going edge here. That's probably more of a free agency need for us. But Raymond could be one of those guys that sneaks in here, Bernard Raymond. He is slowly sneaking up draft boards because he just didn't have experience at the position. He's growing. But I definitely like having to take Jordan Davis here because we absolutely need to plug
0: up that massive hole Fair, in the run game. Very true. I mean, we mentioned multiple times over the year how bad that rushing defense was. But um, Jaden, I want to ask you, man. <laughs> we know about his run blocking ability, and I would argue a little bit with Mitchell saying that he's unathletic. I would say that he is he's very athletic for his size. Like he he can he can actually or move. Or his them. size. Like, he can actually move. Like, he's he's an athletic dude. And I'm not just saying that yeah. because of his size, you know. Like, obviously it stands out more because the dude's a monster. But um, being that tall, and I don't know, I haven't seen a defensive tackle prospect like this in a long time. So how well will that translate to the NFL, Jaden?
1: I think it'll translate pretty well on, you know, first and second down. That's the, kind of the concern for him. This, this is a home run pick, I think, for the Chargers. This is probably the single most commonly mocked pick. Like 90% of mock drafts you're going to see, you're going to see Jordan Davis going to the Chargers. There's not a whole lot of consensus in this draft, but I think that's as close to it as it's going to get. But the question is, can you keep him on the field on all three downs? You know, can he actually rush the pass or, are you going to want to use a first round pick on a guy that you can only use for two out of three downs I mean he's humongous. He, he can play the run very well, which is a huge need for the chargers. And that's why this is such a slam dunk. Gotcha. Pick.
0: All right. Slam dunk pick at number 17. The chargers go with the monster Jordan Davis. All right, let's move on to the 18th overall pick and we got the saints making their pick here with their new head coach, which we'll dive into on Thursday. But, um, yeah, number 18 overall pick. And, Jaden, you've got him going. Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. We were talking a little bit about him earlier. And I love this Wilson pick, you know. Like, they have nothing on the wide receiver core. But with this Garrett Wilson pick, kind of, I mean, it definitely eliminates the possibility of them unless they trade back into the first round at the bottom half or possibly higher, but um, kind of eliminates the possibility that they draft a quarterback. So are you dead set that they're going a wide receiver here and they're rocking with a vet quarterback during the season?
1: I just stick with Jameis, honestly. Like I know that I'm, he's pretty sure he's hitting unrestricted free agency, but I think they're going to make him pretty gracious offer because he did look pretty good for those, you know, first, what, six or seven weeks that he played. And they need receiver help in the worst way. This, even though they have Michael Thomas and they're giving him a lot of money, like it, it gets, that's one of the biggest positional drop-offs in the league, going from Michael Thomas to Marquez Callaway. Like they need this and they love their Ohio state guys needs on this team. Like quarterback is obviously on that list. Running back might be on that list after uh, what happened <laughs> in Vegas this weekend. But they need playmakers. Like, if you're going to have Jameis Winston, you got to give him playmakers. And I think Garrett Wilson is that guy.
0: For sure. With the deep ball that Jameis can unload, I can definitely see that Winston-Wilson connection. Uh, Mitchell, you seeing the same kind of thing?
2: Oh, yeah. You definitely got to go receiver here because that is the most
0: bare wide
2: receiver room in the NFL if Michael Thomas is not playing. They were just horrible to watch. I mean, little Jordan Humphrey was getting Mm -hmm. looks, and that's... A name that hardly made it to the NFL. Garrett Wilson, probably the best available. I love Jamison Williams, but with that injury concern, you can't justify taking him here when you still have someone like Garrett
0: Wilson available. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I love the Wilson pick here. Honestly, that might have been my favorite pick of your mock draft. Just, they need obvious help. But, um, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the 19th overall pick. And... The Philadelphia Eagles make their third pick of the first round here. And, Jaden, you've got him going defense, and you've got them going Andrew Booth, the cornerback out of Clemson, who has sown a lot of signs of raw athleticism, honestly, from what I've seen. But um, I want to ask you, what are your overall thoughts on the pick, and how much of a fall-off is there between a guy like Booth and the guys like Ahmad Sauce Gardner and Derek
1: Singley? Uh, I mean, like we, we've we talked about, <laughs> we love Stingley and Gardner, but Andrew Booth is not too far behind them. You're going to find a lot of different orders of these cornerbacks because there's a lot of good corners this year. But this is a need. It's going to become a need, especially once we hit free agency. Darius Slay will still be under contract, but Steven Nelson isn't. And they need a corner. They're going to need a second corner to be next to Darius Slay. You got three first-round pick. Best corner available, you can make an argument for Trent McDuff. Duffy or Roger McCreary, but especially with Gardner and Stingley being off the board, I think booth's the pick here.
0: Gotcha. Uh, Mitchell, you thinking they go cornerback no question? Yeah, they kind of have to to lock it down after
2: probably losing Steven Nelson. I I'm starting to like McDuffie and McCreary a little more. Mm-hmm. I haven't liked some of the things I've seen from Booth like how Flair's hips are early to force you to run in a certain direction. And he relies on his athleticism, like you were talking about, to make up for the play. Only issue is, in the NFL, the guys are more than likely going to be athletic enough to make you pay for it. It's just a matter of whether or not they put him in man or in zone, because he's really good in zone. So is McDuffie as well, but McDuffie doesn't have the athleticism of Booth by any
0: means. All right. The three out of three, the third pick that the Eagles go in the first round is cornerback, and it is Andrew booth all right a big one coming up we've got number 20 overall and we got the pittsburgh steelers making their pick take it away my friend
1: it's gonna be malik willis here at 20 uh we talked about it a little bit earlier but this was easily the worst kept secret in mobile this past week mike tomlin was enamored with Malik Willis and the talent there, he followed him to every drill that he went to. And there's a lot of concerns that after he did so well at the senior bowl that he's going to shoot up draft boards. He's like, I'm I'm seeing him now in the top 10 when I wasn't even seeing him in the first round sometimes. I saw a mock
0: draft have him go at six.
1: I saw a mock draft have him go at two. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of possibilities out here for Malik Willis. But I think that once we get removed from the senior bowl from now, they're going to go back to his tape and they're going to see, you know, okay, the pocket presence, the decision making, the bailing from clean pockets, the scrambling to run instead of scrambling to pass. They're going to see that again. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is why we had him as a late first, early second guy. This is the problem. What you're seeing at the Senior Bowl, you're showcasing arm strength. You're showcasing speed. You don't really have to worry about those kind of things like your pocket presence and all that because a lot of the drills that you're running through, like the only time you really have to worry about pocket presence is in the game. Like all the drills, you're showing off arm strength, accuracy, all that stuff. And that played very well, and that's why I think Malik Willis – looked a lot better than all the other quarterbacks because he has all those traits and he is the most traitsy guy and he's probably the m- highest upside guy but he played for Liberty he didn't have a lot of help from his offensive line but you know he wasn't playing against the best competition he wasn't in the SEC like a Matt Corral so I think he kind of he kind of comes back down to earth over these next couple weeks maybe he impresses at combines or pro day and shoots back up but I mean we need a quarterback Tom Thomas- I wouldn't say regardless, but I think there's a solid chance that Malik Willis ends up in Pittsburgh, whether it be at the 20th pick or wherever they have to trade up to get him.
0: Gotcha. I will say, um, I just was looking it up because I forgot what school it was, but I knew that he attended a bigger school before Liberty, and that was Auburn. Auburn. So. Anybody that's doubting that, oh, we just got a liber- an offer from Liberty and now he's just the best quarterback there, who would have thunk? No, he transferred from Auburn to a smaller school so he could shine this year, you know, but still struggled to shine. Uh, Mitchell, what you think of Malik Willis? you really think he's going to drop this far?
2: Uh, I think the upside's starting to show through more and more as people look at the draft, but pick up a quarterback elsewhere trade for somebody like a jimmy g or something beforehand and then you're just looking at pure offensive line adjustments and there's a few good talents there but if Willis is here you have to take him for sure i don't care if you get jimmy g you still track willis if you have this first round pick
1: and i i love that almost more than just taking Malik willis i not so much jimmy g but bringing in a guy that to the point where we Gardner Minshew is a perfect pick for that, to go get Gardner Minshew, start him this this year or start him, you know, until something happens and then put Malik Willis in because Gardner Minshew is obviously not going to cost as much Jimmy currently, Like Niners are demanding a second or a third and a player. We only have a first, second and a third and then our seventh this year. So we don't really have a whole lot of picks to give out. We've got a lot of needs to address offensive tackle, cornerback linebackers also in play so we can't just go around trading picks on the quarterback position when we have so many other needs gotcha
0: yeah I I don't know if Willis sticks around but if he does I mean it's a great pick for you guys but I mean really quickly Washington's in the same boat as you guys like but we I'm happy with Taylor Heineke's a bridge quarterback like it's gonna suck I mean he's like below average obviously but you know as far as bridge quarterbacks go, at least we're not rolling out a, uh, I don't know, hmm, somebody random. Yeah, I was literally about, I was like, I was playing a joke there, dude. You should have just let me say it. Come on, man. <laughs> but you knew my line of thinking.
1: All right. Another thing here, though, this wasn't, we didn't, probably if I was doing trades, I'd probably have the Steelers moving up with somebody maybe. Maybe Washington at eleven. Honestly, like they they could use the extra draft capital. They don't need to take. They don't need to take Kenny Pickett at eleven. You can move down to twenty and probably that's still do probably Kenny Pickett. Because once you get past eleven, no team is going to be looking at quarterback outside of maybe New Orleans at eighteen. I don't.
0: And that's you can move make,
1: down. Yeah. Draft,
0: I know that Especially it's... if
1: they're undecided.
0: I know it's likely that Kenny Pickett doesn't go um, earlier than twenty if we do trade down, but. I don't think there's a shot that we take a chance. Like, after all these years, there's no way. We're sticking in that spot and we're drafting a quarterback. But
1: in that case, if you guys are sticking in that spot, and like you've said, you want to take the safe option, and that's Kenny Pickett. If Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, there's no reason Malik Willis shouldn't make it down to 20.
0: Very true. All right. Let's move on to the 21st overall pick in the draft and it's the New England Patriots making their pick and you've got them going the best linebacker prospect by far and that is Mr. Nakobi Dean and I thought it was interesting, you know, like they do have some holes in the linebacker core but that Patriots team, that defense is the strength, you know. And especially their big guys, you know, obviously the pass rush is really good, but I don't see the defense as a glaring hole here. Why not wide receiver? You got guys like Jameson Williams, Chris Olave. Why not wide receiver here, and why Nicobe Dean?
1: Jaden? Well, in short, they can't draft wide receivers. <laughs> Terrible track record at doing so. And I think Bill Belichick has finally come to realize that and has stopped trying, and rightfully so. And you say how the defense is a strength. I know. that Bolster it. Make it make it stronger. I do think that Nicobe Dean, though, it's not very far and away. I mean, you could 100% make an argument that Devin Lloyd is the best linebacker in this 1B situation, and it just comes down to preference. But Nakobe Dean did go to a big school, played on a great defense. I think Bill Belichick's going to fall in love with him and take him here at 21.
0: Uh, Jay Mitchell, what do you think Nicobe Dean to the New England Patriots? Very Bill
2: Belichick pick. And I think when me and Jaden were discussing it, I said this just seems like the most do because he is definitely more of a hard-nosed linebacker compared to Lloyd. Lloyd is the athletic freak that just goes everywhere on the field. But I feel like the Patriots don't go receiver because obviously, like Jaden said, they're horrible at picking them. And cornerback is really deep this year, and they can find that later down in the draft. I know they're losing more than likely going to lose J.C. Jackson. So, and you can still find that talent at that pick in the second round, but you won't be able to find anybody like these two linebackers. So it was between Dean and Flynn, and he's just
0: perfect Patriot football, in my opinion. Hell yeah, for sure. All (laughs) right, let's move on to the number 22nd overall pick in the draft, and you got the Las Vegas Raiders making their pick, and Jaden? You've got them going Kenyon Green, the interior offensive lineman from Texas A&M. Maybe McDaniels wants to go wide receiver here. Possibly. Jaden, what do you think?
1: Well, they're bringing in, obviously, Josh McDaniel from New England, but they're also bringing in a Patriots exec from New England. They know that they need to build this team from the trenches out. And wide receiver is 100% in play here. There are a lot of positions that are in play here for the Raiders. Uh, but I think offensive like I said, you gotta build this thing from the inside out. And this class, if any class, and I think this is gonna start becoming the norm, wait on wide receiver receiver. You can wait till the second round. I mean, we we've talked about it, you've talked about it, how like I'm missing out on Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, like there's a lot of these are just the guys that aren't in the first round. And you know, five, ten years ago you put a player like that, he's a first round prospect easily. But there's just so much talent at the wide receiver position that you can afford to wait till the second round. There's not going to be too many guards. I mean, this is the first guard. There there's not a whole lot of guys. Most of the top prospects are at tackle this year. So you can wait on wide receiver and go interior offensive lineman here with the best guy available in Kenyon okay. Green. Fair.
0: Uh Mitchell, do you like to pick of offensive lineman over offensive weapon here? Uh it kind of just fits the identity they
2: were playing to last year is more of one of those grittier teams that will beat you in the trenches and will be able to hold up for Derek Carr because apparently you don't need much to look good with him they played without a lot of these big name guys like Henry Ruggs who left in the middle of the year Waller was out for most of the year they were running out with pretty much just Hunter Renfro at receiver and they were necessarily as big of a need as it looks like on paper and like Jake said, It is so easy for wonders to fall to them in the second round anyway. One thing they could be looking for maybe is cornerback, because I believe he's going to be leaving this year. He's probably going to be looking for another cover three defense like Gus Bradley's run. He's played it his entire career. And you got to imagine Nate Hobbs on his own isn't going to hold down this defense. Not very true. I mean, he can't
0: even
1: go get, like, a Damon, yeah,
0: Arnett, Damon Arnett player. <laughs> Go get someone with a criminal history. Exactly. It's Vegas. I was I was talking to my fraternity group chat, and I was like... It's somebody that's used to it. I was talking to my fraternity group chat, and I'm like, oh, like, eh, because the Kamara news just dropped, and I was like, uh, I put it in quotes, let's put a football team in Vegas. What a good, That's a great idea. A bunch of 25-year-old Surely kids. Surely nothing bad. Yeah, a bunch of 25-year-old kids <laughs> running around in Vegas with multi-million dollars. Nah, it's all good. All right, let's move on to the number 23 overall pick. And, Jaden, you've got the Arizona Cardinals going with yet another, well, not yet another, but we've got back-to-back interior offensive lineman going here. And you've got the Cardinals going Zion Johnson, the lineman from Boston College. Uh, just give me your thoughts on him.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is another team where you look at the offensive line, you you think there's a lot to be desired. Uh and their tackles are both kind of locked down, like they're they're good enough to the point where you're happy with it, but their interior offensive line really got beaten up. They felt like, you know, they were they were squishy. And I I would probably look at Jordan Davis here if he was still on the board. But he's not and he likely won't be by the time they're picking again. So you gotta kinda flip it to the other side of the trenches in zion johnson and he was a guy who rose at the senior bowl and i actually respected <laughs> it so you know wow. just just putting that out there a wow. uh, big big senior, senior bowl riser here would would be on my risers list and i think he makes a great fit here for
0: mitchell you think zion johnson is a riser as well and he'll make his make his way into the first round
2: Yeah, I do. He's starting to gain ground on Kenyon Green. He's not Kenyon Green, though, but the Cardinals 100% need to fix the interior O-line because Kyler Murray, he's been banged up pretty much every year he's been in the league, and you need to solidify that offensive line so he can last longer because he is one of those smaller quarterbacks, like we talked about earlier in the show, and they are more prone to injuries, especially a guy that runs around as much as Kyler Murray.
0: And it should be priority number one to playing well. Good stuff. All right. So let's move on to the 24th overall pick in this draft. And we got the Dallas Cowboys making their first pick of the first round. And, Jaden, you've got him going. Jaquan Brisker, safety out of Penn State. And the only question that I had here is big, safeties, big safety prospect, Daxon Hill. Why not Daxton
1: Hill here? That's right. Yeah, that was one that, like, if I if I were doing this mock draft today, I'd probably go Daxton Hill over Jaquan Brisker. I think those guys are obviously two A and two B, with Kyle Hamilton being the runaway number one. Um, but either either safety's good with me here. I just I think Brisker might be slightly better. Okay. I like him a little bit more. Mitchell,
0: you sound like you have
1: I haven't got to get into a whole bunch of safety tape just because I haven't really had a need for that in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's
0: true. But, uh, Mitchell, I heard you speak your praises real quick for Daxon Hill. Uh, you think of Daxon Hill's better pick here than Jaquan Brisker? I like him a little more just because he is very good in
2: coverage. They dropped him into the slot a lot at Michigan, and he was great in coverage. Another pick they could have looked at was maybe DeMarvin Leal, but I feel like that pass rush is pretty solidified up front.
0: You got Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington, going number 25 overall to Buffalo. Um, Just give me your overall thoughts on that, man.
1: Yeah, I think cornerback is, you know, opening up as a pretty big need for them. Wide receiver is definitely in play here. Offensive line could also be in play. But Tredavious White's going to be coming off of a torn ACL, and that cornerback room was very thin. It was a concern that I talked about them having a lot. Um, And this is also a guy who's pretty versatile. You could put him at safety if you really wanted to. I know they've got two, you know, all pro level safeties in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, but they are about to be on the wrong side of 30. So if you really wanted to do that, you could move him to safety. But I think he's the best cornerback still on the board here.
0: Mitchell, any differing thoughts from that? I've heard you speak highly of McDuffie.
2: No, I really like like him as a very rarely Mm -hmm. going to mess up in zone coverage because he is, he seemed like one of the most alert players on the field of all time in his highlights I watched of him. So I think this is a great pick for them. Really lock down that secondary because that's already their claim to fame and without Trey White, you could tell it turned into a bit of a liability playing against the Chiefs considering nobody could go really man-to-man with Tyreek Hill or Kelsey at that point.
0: And Jaden, you mentioned before we uh, cut out real quick. Um, you know, you got Tredavious White, you know, getting another year older this year. Um, you need to draft cornerback, obviously. So, yeah, I like the cornerback pick here. All right, number 26 overall. We got the Tennessee Titans making their pick. And, Jaden, you've got Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah, going here at 26. Um, I've seen Devin Lloyd go as high as, like, Number 9, number 10. Yeah, exactly. 10-ish. Right around 10. yeah. Um, but if he does fall, uh, is it more of a case of Tennessee just going the best available guy here? Because from my perspective, is defense really the main concern? I mean, you've got Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill getting older, getting another year older. So maybe offensive line, maybe going penning here to solidify everything. I don't know. Give me your justification.
1: Uh, I think that, you know, offensive line definitely in play. Uh, I believe LeWan is a free agent this upcoming offseason argument here. But both Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans are also becoming free agents this offseason. And I don't hate Devin Lloyd as a player. He, you know, could 100% be going higher than this. I just think that, you know, every year we have a guy that's like, huh, wow, he is available at 26 when he was arguably, you know, top ten, top fifteen prospect at a position that's not valued extremely high, this could very well reason. and that's kind of what I see happening here. And he's fairly easily the best player available, and I think the Titans, you know, if this if it falls like this, I think this could be one of the steals of the draft.
0: Fair, Mitchell, thinking the same thing.
2: I think this is definitely the steal of the draft. If Devin Lloyd makes it this far down in the draft, they definitely have glaring needs at like corner. They have next to nothing there, but the the most elite guy left at the position
0: that's still in need with Devin Lloyd here. Uh, You mentioned corner. Um, It's a reach for Roger McCreary and it is a reach for Gordon too, the other cornerback out of Washington. But, um,
1: and you're hopefully going to get Caleb Farley back. Yeah, Not hopefully.
0: Sure, but I definitely think there's a strong argument for Trevor Penning to go there for sure, um, to slid it by the offensive line. But, yeah, I mean, if Devin Lloyd's dropping that far, might as well nab him. All right. Oh, also, Vrabel just got that extension too. So it's the Vrabel train for the next few yeah. years, which is has been a fun train <laughs> to be a witness of these past few years. All right. Number 27 overall pick, we got the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by Tom Brady, now just Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, We got them picking at number 27. Kyle Trask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got them picking at 27. And Jaden got Tavert. them going to Marvin Leal, the interior defensive lineman from Texas A&M. Um, is there any chance they reach for a quarterback here? Because... The big guys are off the board now, but there's a chance Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell make their way into the conversation here. you think there's a shot?
1: Uh, it's definitely in play. I just, I think the Bucks are now in such a weird spot. Not that Tom Brady, you know, left them high and dry or whatever, because he did win them Super Bowl, and that's really all you can ask. But they're, they're in a tough spot because they've got a lot of who coming back for Tom Brady that, you know, if Tom Brady's still on the roster, maybe they come back again. Probably not going to come back with Blaine, Blaine Gabbard or Kyle Trask at the helm. So they're going to lose a lot of guys, and a lot of positions are going to become positions of need, whereas you look at this roster a year or two years ago and you talk about one of the most complete teams in the NFL. And interior defensive lineman, you know, I know Vita is there, but Liao can move to end if need be. He can play on the outside, not like a you know, stand-up edge, but definitely have his hand in the dirt on the outside. And he was a guy who was, you know, sitting around the top 10 coming into this season. He just wasn't very productive this past college football season. I think that maybe in the combine, he might see his stock rise back up a little bit when he shows that elite athleticism. Uh, I think that they probably opt to go quarterback in free agency because you like they're losing guys, but there's still a lot of pieces there where you can make a playoff push if you bring in, you know, a Jimmy Garoppolo or Jameis Winston or something like that. But if you bring in Desmond Ritter and you try to develop him, you're going to lose a lot of these vets that don't really want to be around for a rebuild. And that kind of kills this roster. And you you're forcing yourself into a rebuild by drafting a quarterback very true,
0: here. Very true. And I mean, you've got all those old fuckers on the line. It's about time to get some new blood in there. Mitchell. Yeah. JP JPP and Indomitian soon,
1: yep. both free agents. Yeah. It's off I
0: mentioned they're like a hundred years old. Uh, Mitchell, you like the Leal pick here?
1: I do like it. You,
2: the claim to fame before Brady was there was that front seven. They had a really good front seven, and they're losing a few pieces. Might as well try to rebuild it. It's definitely not an optimal spot for any of the quarterbacks because those top three guys are pretty much the only ones worth a first round pick. What team would be confident running out Sam Howell or Ritter as their starting quarterback? going into their first year. I mean, you have you rather develop them. I'm with Jaden, they have to do something in free agency at quarterback as opposed to trying to draft it. James Winston might get a reunion there, who knows, but this team is going to suddenly have holes that they ha- didn't think they were going to have coming up. And I think this
0: is just more of a best available situation gotcha. for them. Gotcha. All right. Let's move on to the 28th overall pick. And we got the Green Bay Packers making their first pick since Rodgers has left Green Bay, possibly, you know, kind of preparing for life after Rodgers, maybe. But, uh, Jaden, you've got them going offensive tackle Trevor Penning, who I just mentioned a couple picks ago, um, out of Northern Iowa. But I want to ask you, man, and I know I've been mentioning the big positions like quarterback and wide receiver, but... Why no wide receiver in Green Bay here? I mean, you kind of need to set Jordan Love up for success in his first year and with Devontae Adams basically guaranteed to be out of town. Are we calling Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, one and two in Green Bay? I hope not. Um, I kind of see wide receiver here. What makes you think tackle?
1: Yeah. I can 100% see wide receiver here. Uh, This is a pick that kind of helps or not. If Rodgers stays, then wide receiver is not really that that big of a need. And the Packers have traditionally stayed away from first-round wide receivers. Maybe, let's say, in a hypothetical world, they send him to Denver. They then pick at nine with their first-round pick. Maybe they go tackle there and receiver here. But, But like I've said, you can wait for wide receiver. If you really want to, and that right side of the offensive line is not very good, and David Bakhtiari is getting older, and who knows if he wants to stick around if Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams aren't there? I think getting Trevor Penning puts you in position to help Jordan Love. I will say though, Trevor Penning probably on a list of fallers. If I had to make one from the Senior Bowl, he struggled against the. You know, he he's coming from D1AA at Northern Iowa. He is now facing guys from Georgia and Alabama and these top schools. Hopefully, he can continue to develop. He's obviously developed very well as a guy who had to go to Northern Iowa and is now being talked about in the first round. So he should be able to adjust, but that definitely hurts his stock that he struggled that much. Imagine a guy
0: like the guy that screams off the board for me. Like, obviously, you've got Olave and Dotson, but if Jameson Williams can play at. The ability that he played at this past year in Green Bay, I mean, sheesh, we could see a faster Devontae Adams Mitchell. What you think, wide receiver here, or you like the penny pick?
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: oh.
2: I love Jamison Williams. Probably my favorite talent in this draft. He's just so smooth with his routes, but Packers don't draft. for him.
0: I would. You guys keep saying that.
2: Bernard Raymond.
0: You guys, keep I would saying, prefer yeah, Raymond. Finish up your. Well, they
2: haven't drafted any first-round weapons for Rogers. This yeah, I was about to say, there, what you talking so about? Why change now that he's like, potentially? That's like That's what I was Raymond. gonna say. Raymond I was, was enough. Say. So enough. There
0: Now that I mean, yeah, they don't draft first-round wide receivers, but that's because they got a dude named Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, a guaranteed Hall of Famer.
1: Do you think Aaron Rodgers has been telling them? But hey, man, like, don't worry about receiver. We've I got have been doing it for
0: it. almost 20 I years don't now. Help. Whatever we give to Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be fine. He's going to be okay. We're going to be a competitive team, so why do that? But you just saw this season what Jordan Love is going to be once he enters the league. So if, anytime, if at any time they're going to change that mentality about not drafting first-round wide receivers, it's now. So I could definitely see a guy like Jamison Williams going here. But speaking of Jamison Williams... Let's move on to number 29, and we got the Miami Dolphins making their 29th overall pick here, and you got Jamison Williams headed off the board. Um, Jaden, do you think me and Mitchell were talking about it a little bit just now, um, do you think Jamison Williams, if you take the injury aspect out of it, is the most
1: talented wide receiver of the class? Honestly, probably not. I still think i like burks and maybe you know maybe even drake london more than james williams Jameson williams is definitely a great talent and i think it's a steal to get in here at 29 offensive line is 100 percent in play here but like everything i've heard from dolphins fans is we don't care to draft offensive line because we know we're going to screw it up so just give just give to a playmaker who cares the offensive line is just going to suck and that's just how it's going to be or like a teron armstead who's hitting free agency this off offseason then to try and draft a guy to just give him another playmaker will fuller's gonna be hitting free agency you get two alabama receivers to go with your alabama quarterback i think and you know you guys are talking about this is could be you know you could consider this the most talented receiver in the class and if you can get him at 29 that's a slam dunk the only
0: concern that i have is james williams jalen water basically the same player so maybe you're looking for some guy Who's more physical? Yeah, as far as the wide receiver position goes. Yeah. But
1: that's the thing now. Tua doesn't, Tua doesn't throw true. the ball down the field. Like he does he doesn't throw the ball down the field. You want to give him guys that can make plays after they back up on those guys. You you might 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 be able to run a successful offense.
2: <laughs> well, how much of that they were only calling really short play passes.
1: Very true, but they had the same OC, right?
2: Yeah, but how much of that was Flores overlooking Tua and I trying to there. maybe hide deficiencies of his. Yeah, I think you got it. Because he did not like Tua. He didn't want him, and that's why he inevitably got fired because
0: he didn't want to lead that franchise with the quarterback that they I think had. Inevitably, in okay. Miami, you have to have Tua throw it downfield because you're not going to win ball games consistently.
2: Yeah, I mean. It looked great in college during the on-field. You got, I don't you know got what Devontae changed, Parker. and that's why Devontae I think it
0: was probably yeah. No, that's true. Devontae Parker. They've got uh, Preston Williams there, too, I believe, still there. Um, he's a big dude. Yeah. That, that. I think he might be still in Miami. But, yeah, Devontae Parker, for sure, for sure. Who might be hitting free agency this offseason, but I'm not 100%. All right. Let's move on to the 30th overall pick. Only two more picks left after this one. Um... And we, at the number 30 overall pick, we got Jermaine Johnson going to the Kansas City Chiefs, um, the edge rusher out of Florida State. We've talked about him a lot so far, one of the risers during the Senior Bowl. Um, Jaden, do you really see him falling this far? You mentioned it earlier. Maybe not.
1: Uh, No, I I think he could probably go earlier than this. But in a world in which he does make it down to 30 City, they obviously need edge help specifically. Cleo, or they obviously need defensive help specifically on the edge. This guy's probably the best run defending edge in this class. And if Kansas City can add him here, that would be you know fantastic for what they're trying to build gotcha. on defense.
0: Mitchell, you like the Jermaine Johnson pick here for Casey? Oh, yeah, I love it. This would be a snag for them to get him
2: this late. For sure. This team's pretty much just going to be looking for defense in the draft. And this
0: is by far that they have for what they're going to need. Stuff, all right, let's move on to the 31st overall pick. And assuming that the Bengals don't win the Super Bowl, they'll be picking mm-hmm. at the 31st overall pick. But, um, Jaden, you've got the Bengals going Bernard Raymond here, offensive tackle out of central Michigan. And Mitchell mentioned it earlier, this is a guy, really big riser. I mean, I was looking at McShay's uh rankings not just his rankings his like grades and raymond was for as like he's the less superior tackle than all the other guys that have been drafted so far but as far as rankings he is like right there so you like raymond 31st
2: well he's only been a tackle for so long anyway
1: (laughs) yeah this is a guy that started at wide receiver try and process that started wide receiver moved to tight end and then beefed up again to move to tackle i believe he's from australia i think it was something germany like that he, he's it germany. yeah it, it's something it's it's not from him he's not from america um and he's just steadily improving and i think that's a lot of why you know he's getting this first round buzz is the fact that he's only been playing offensive tackle for a few years and if he can continue this development i mean You're looking at a guy that could be playing in, you know, pro bowl, all pro level if he continues this kind of development.
0: Mitchell, you were saying glowing things about Raymond earlier. Say your piece, man. Oh, yeah, I'm falling in love with him.
2: He, uh, so you wouldn't think he played good competition, but when he played teams like, like LSU, he looked good still. And this is a guy who's still learning the position, still putting on weight. And the only massive negative I've seen from him is that he's just not big enough yet to handle these bigger guys. He still has all the fundamentals down and pass protection from what I've seen from him. He's just not big enough yet, and we've been talking about it. He's been constantly – and he's only going to get bigger at this and learn the position better. He is definitely – I feel like he'll go ahead of Penning as it gets closer to the draft, as the hype grows on him because he – seems like he could end up being one of these very polished tackles on the road. He might not make an immediate impact because he is still learning the position, still getting bigger,
0: but he's a down-the-road guy. That could be amazing. All right, well, that would be a hell of a pick for a Bengals team that needs DEFCON 5 uh, immediate help on the (laughs) offensive line. And they'll realize that after uh, Joe Burrow gets sacked for a new record 10 times. In the Super Bowl. Ten times now. (laughs) Keep an eye out for that. But, all right, guys. Let's roll into the last pick that we got. And that is the, obviously, 32nd overall pick. And it's the Detroit Lions making their pick here because of the Stafford trade. And, Jaden, we had a little bit of debate over this before the podcast. You got them going, (laughs) George. Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia, a guy who was injured basically all year outside of the national championship game um, this kind of just feels like I don't know, this feels like a Mike Mayock kind of pick, you know or a uh, a John Gruden kind of <laughs> pick to me, right. um, because you got guys like Olave, Johan Dotson, John Mechie I think those will all be better picks than George Pickens, but
1: hey man, argue with me I think Olave is much more of a Mike Mayock pick than uh, than Pickens here. I mean, he played for the big school, was actually able to produce. But did he Pickens didn't really produce this year. Very true. Uh, I guess Mechie doesn't fall in that category <laughs> either. But uh, this this guy. You know he he plays the he plays football the way that Dan Campbell would like a wide receiver to play. He's arguably the best run blocking wide receiver in this class. He's six three, came in as a true freshman at Georgia and was able to hold his own in the SEC, like was able to play well. He had like fifty catches for seven hundred yards just in his freshman season has been able to stay healthy, but I think when he goes to the combine and he goes through all the draft process, I think he's gonna really impress and shoot his way back up boards. This was this is a five star prospect, a guy that if he doesn't have the injury problem, you know, you might be talking about him in the same conversation as Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks. Like the fact that he is as low as he is, and if he if he stays in like, you know, end of second round, top of the third round territory, like some people seem to have him, he's gonna be a fantastic steal okay. for somebody.
0: Mitchell? You thinking the same thing, or are the injury concerns kind of scare you?
2: I'm not as worried about his injuries. He's definitely one of these guys who's going to be rising just because when he's on the field, he makes his plays and then makes it happen. The Lions probably just going to draft receiver. They have Monra and Hawk, and that's it. They don't have weapons outside of that that are true receivers. They have running backs, but you can only do so much for them at receiver. Ah, uh, this is a it's hard to debate on him and Olave. I like the upside of Hitchens more because every time I've watched Olave on in a big game, he doesn't seem to show up to me. It doesn't pop out like you want to. And when I was like watching, Jigba the background Popped out the Rose Bowl. Is that what you're? Yeah, to? <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, when he set all kinds of records. But when I was watching Pickens tape, he he has flashes of major. Big play capability. And I see that a little more out of him than Olave. I mean, this team needs a lot of stuff, and they're going to be picking in two picks anyway. So they could easily just push back for two more picks on a receiver. It'll be uh,
1: pick picking pickins, if you will.
0: Ah. Picking pickings, if you oh, will. Shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good stuff. What a, <laughs> an end to the mock draft. Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> mic drop in this bitch. All right. Well, that just about does it for our Mock Draft preview episode. Uh, hopefully, we still got the gang sticking with us. i um, sorry for any Wi-Fi cutouts, but um, can't really do anything about that. I was talking about it earlier this week um, in the Blitz group chat. Uh, I was listening to the first draft podcast the other day, and I was listening to Field Yates um, trying to navigate his way through te- technical difficulties with Mel Kiper, and that just brought me so much peace. Just... I was like, dude, I know exactly what that is like. <laughs> so, you know, we're no different than any other podcast here. You know, we're going to have our difficulties, but we put out some damn good content, man, including a whole mock draft 1.0 and 2.0 from Mr. Jaden Kozak. So, Jaden, appreciate you putting that together for us. If our, Hell if yeah, our man. Followers today. Hit 400 followers. How many likes do we got on the mock draft?
1: Like
0: 69. Something like that, yeah. 69. I checked right 69. before. Sixty nine. Nice. What a nice... Very nice. Yeah, very nice. But um, getting up towards 70 likes is fucking awesome. So, yeah. Hope you guys love this episode. Uh, mock draft episode. First one in Blitz history. So, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be coming out with a lot of draft content coming very soon after the Super Bowl. But... We've got a podcast coming up Thursday, it'll be me, Jaden, and Tyler, and I won't say shit before the podcast starts about any technical difficulties so we don't jinx ourselves, (laughs) but yeah, on Thursday, Super Bowl preview, we'll throw out some player props, we'll talk about the new coaching hires, uh, the Alvin Kamara situation, a little bit about the Pro Bowl, but we'll definitely do a deep dive into the Super Bowl so you're ready for the weekend.